Hello and welcome to Freudian Sips, the podcast about ba- brains. <laughs> <laughs> we just would like to remind you that none of the things that we say should be taken as official recommendations. We try to know what we're talking about, but this podcast ultimately represents the opinions of a couple yahoos with master's degrees. <laughs> it's mainly for entertainment. Right. So if you feel that you need help with your own mental health, we encourage you, please talk to your very own doctor or your very own counselor. Get real help. And remember, this podcast is not safe for work, so listen with headphones. Hello and welcome to Freudian Sips, the podcast about brains, beverages, and other BS. I'm Bonnie. And I'm Anna. <laughs> that was our second take. That was a second tell. take of an intro. We're doing it. It's fine. We messed up the intro. It's fine. <laughs> you know it's going to be a long podcast Yeah, we can't get into the it's beginning. Rough. We're out of practice. We uh, haven't recorded for a couple weeks. and We're trying, what's that called, bi-weekly? We're going to try bi-weekly for yeah. a little while, I for think. We are feeling a little burnt out. We need a couple weeks, maybe just while the pandemic is going on, school's starting. I think that's stressful for both of us. Mm-hmm. Stressful for me. <laughs> it's stressful for Anna big time because Anna works in the schools. Yeah. And also her husband's a teacher, so yes. she's got a, like a double whammy. And, and maybe, Sipsters, maybe you're feeling a little stressed too right now if you have kids that are going back to school or if you happen to be an educator who's going to be in the school somehow. Our thoughts and prayers are with everybody in the world. Yeah. Thoughts and prayers. That's where thoughts we are. Thoughts and prayers. I, a friend of mine on Facebook was like, I'm at the thoughts and prayers stage of COVID. <laughs> I'm just, nah, what can I do? Thoughts and prayers, baby. So, pre-roll? Nope. Got anything to say? Let's just I mean, do let's it. Let's just jump let's in. Let's just do the thing. Well, we are on episode 70. The big 7-0. 7-0. 7-0 Um, And one of the things that we talk about a lot on our podcast is just how important it is to be self-aware and to know who we are and to be able to embrace who we are. Mm-hmm. And to be excited about who we are and celebrate who we are. What else can I say about that? Is that far enough? That's that enough. I think that's it. <laughs> you nailed it. And so one of the things that we do that's kind of, well, first of all, it's just kind of fun to do it. I'm going to say that right. first. Yeah. Let's be real. We're, we're talking about this because it's fun. Yeah. Sometimes in counseling, we do use what we're going to talk about today. Oh, you know, I'm like holding it off as long as I can. Stay tuned. I'm wetting their whistle. I'm giving them teasers, as we used to say in radio. Give them teasers. Uh-huh. They can just skip ahead. Yeah, let's just tell them. <laughs> and it, it probably has, it's probably in the intro. It's in the title in, yeah, anyway, yeah, 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 sure. So we're talking about personality tests today. Yes, a couple specific ones. And, we, and we've talked about, have we talked about any personality tests specifically? MBTI. We, did we go into detail or did we just kind of mention it? Did we have a whole show about it? Yeah, episode episode 10 was about the Myers-Briggs personality Oh, that's test. right. I remember now. I know. <laughs> It all comes flooding <laughs> back to this old brain. Yeah, so we've we've talked about them. We've mentioned them. I've mentioned BuzzFeed quizzes a few times and how addicted I am to those. Yeah. Those are not psychological personality tests by any <laughs> means, but sometimes you have to know what type of potato you are. Or what princess you are. What princess you are. Or what Star Wars character you would be. Princess Leia, obviously. <laughs> 
You kind of look like her with those headphones on. <laughs> yeah, you just got the little buns going on. Got the little black buns on the side of your head. Little black buns. So the tests that we're talking about today are not the most scientific tests in the world. They're not the most scientific. They're, I feel like, known in certain, like, I think the Circles. one you're going to talk about is, like, educators use it a lot. And business people. Too, business yes. people. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I've heard of. Uh, the one that I'm going to talk about, I've been hearing more often, so you might be more familiar with it. So, Mom, why don't we start with yours that maybe is okay. less known? Let's start with mine. I'm going to talk about psychogeometrics today. Cool name. And that is a cool name. And it basically just means that your personality will be represented by a shape. And Ann and I decided that if you would like to take one of these tests yeah. yourself before you listen to the rest of the podcast, like stop us now and go take one of these tests. Yeah, we would recommend that because we're going to do what we do when we have a topic, which is explain the whole thing. Right. And sometimes what happens with any test, I mean, that's kind of a big thing in test administering mm-hmm. is when someone knows too much about the test they can subconsciously or consciously try to get a certain result right so that's why we've had to like certain tests have to be updated at certain points like for uh, assessments and mm-hmm. stuff but like i felt that way when we talked about the rorschach test yeah in one of our episodes like you know once you talk about it and unpack it like we do then if you actually go in to take a test you're going to remember all that that we talked right. about. So, and especially you're going to know exactly which penises to point out <laughs> in every single slide. I think especially for I don't know about Anna's, but for for the test that I'm going to talk about, the psychogeometrics test, it's very simple. And so once you start to hear it, it's going to sway right. the way you will score on the test yourself. Right. So if you want to take that before you listen, Pause us now. Yes. And the way mom told me is that she had to pay money to get one. Mm-hmm. But there are certain ones, especially like after you hear us talk about it, it's it's very simple. It's not like, like don't pay money is what I'm saying. Right, don't right. pay money. <laughs> right. I did it just to further my education. <laughs> mom just likes paying money for I got things. tired. I, I, was, I was thinking, gosh, I haven't paid tuition for so long. Maybe I should pay someone for something. <laughs> I just. Gosh, we, it's been so long since someone took my money. <laughs> Okay, so let me tell you about the psychogeometrics. That's such a, such a boomer thing to think. <laughs> I am a tail of a boomer. <laughs> tail of a- I'm a boomer with a tail. <laughs> On the tail end of the boomerhood. Okay, the person who created the psychogeometric system, her name is Susan Dellinger. I think I'm saying that right. Dellinger. She has a PhD. She actually created this in 1978 because she was a management trainer for Fortune 50 corporations. So she, you know, she was went around and trained people in business. And she wanted to use personality tests to help people within corporations to know how to deal with one another, mm-hmm. especially to help managers to deal with employees right. of different personalities. And so she had been using those more sophisticated tests that we we kind of talked about, like the MBTI. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I had to think of those letters. And she decided that she wanted something that was easy and quick that she could just do at the beginning of a meeting and then kind frame, of work off of that. Frame it off of that. Right, yeah. right. So since she created it quite a while ago... There has been a lot of research done to support it, um, but still the the whole, the heart of it, the beginning of it was not very scientific. But as I said, there there's quite a bit of research that kind of supports its, uh, what's the word, validity or reliability? Which one would it be? Both. Both. Probably. Both are important. Right. Probably validity is 
very briefly, validity is how accurate it is, and reliability is if it's accurate more than one time, right. basically. So I think that mostly we would be looking at whether or not it would be valid if, if it's if it's really real. What's the dart word? The validity is getting in the middle of the dartboard. Reliability is throwing five darts and they all go in like Into the a cluster. bunch. Yeah. But validity and reliability is throwing five darts and they all hit the center. That's a good way to say it. So oh, sexy, right? That was hot. <laughs> that was a hot information that was hot, there. Hot statistics. <laughs> um, so just so you know, uh, a little scotch about uh, oh. Susan. She did a lot of research in personality psychology and communication styles. She completed her doctorate in communication at the University of Colorado. And that's kind of where a lot of this came from. And she never has, has stopped. You know, she still continues on in this journey and has written several books about it. So let me tell you about the test itself. Like Anna said, I, I took this, I went online and, and had to like, I joined this little whatever club. Of <laughs> she joined a cult. <laughs> I had to pay $14 to, to take a test. And basically, if you go online and you Google psychogeometrics, you get all these, it's a simple, simple, simple. And basically what they'll tell you to do. So here's, if you haven't done your test yet, turn off the podcast right now. I mean it. Come back. Okay. Yeah. And then come back. (laughs) Then come back. (laughs) Don't stop listening to us. So they basically tell you to, there are five shapes, a box or a square is what I would call it, a square, a triangle, a rectangle, a circle, and a squiggle. Sometimes online, it'll call it a zigzag. But to me, a squiggle is very different from a zigzag. A zigzag is sharp Pointed, points. right. And so that, to me, is a whole different, con- you know, like it makes you feel different. Yes. But when Susan created the test, she did a squiggle, like with soft, with curvy edges. Mm-hmm. And you're supposed to look at these five shapes and decide, and different tests tell you to either draw them or just to, to choose one. Choose which one best, what's the word they use, embodies or... I would call it like the one you resonate with. Right. That's a good way to say it. You Represents you as a person is what they say. Represents you as a person, which I don't know about you guys, but that's weird to me because I looked at those shapes and went- Which one do you vibe with, dude? Yeah. I could not seem to vibe with any. So this is interesting. Before we started, Anna and I talked through that. And so she kind of took it in an easy way, that way. And she said she vibed with- I vibed with the triangle? The triangle, which actually doesn't- I mean, parts of it fit her personality. See, like if it was a zigzag and not a squiggle, I would have chosen the zigzag. Oh, really? Really? So you like the point. Bop, 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 bop. So maybe that's, well, let's get into this because maybe that is more you right. than I'm giving you credit let's for. Let's unpack it. Let's unpack <laughs> what you would do. Let's, well, should we start with the triangle since you picked that? Sure. What am I? Triangle. Who am I? So Where am I? Triangles, if you resonate there with a triangle, you are less interested in the work itself and more concerned with your whole career, which doesn't make any sense to me. And I don't think that's you. What? Like, you don't really care about working today. You're just, you look at your whole career. Oh, I can only I think get through today. You just look at <laughs> each can, client. I can just right. get through the next right. hour. <laughs> um, I think that the idea of a triangle is the, it, the point is important because... The point is the point. Right. Uh, other characteristics of a triangle are ambitious and focused toward the top. Like, you want to get ahead. Maybe your I like shape- it because of Maslow's hierarchy. Oh, I was thinking of the food pyramid. But yeah. <laughs> I am ambitious about getting to the sweets at the top. Very Give me them donuts. Uh, the shape symbolizes leadership. I would agree that you're a leader. I would agree with that. And the next one says very competitive. 
that's me. <laughs> and and I know that you're like that, but we've talked about this before that I think you're like that because of experiences with your father when you were very young, playing games with your father. Mm-hmm. So when you play a game, you get very competitive. Yeah, it's yeah, it's specifically games. Yeah. I don't think overall in life you're real competitive. I don't think you're like, I want to, well, I don't know. Are you like, I want to be the best at everything? Well, no, because I'm not. Actually, that's why I got out of the art field. Because the art field was too competitive for me. I didn't want to have to worry about All that. All that pressure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a lot of pressure. Loves to make decisions for self and others. Okay, yeah, I can dig I that. I can kind of embrace that's that one me. myself. <laughs> Able to focus on a goal. You're good at that. Needs to be seen as right by others. And has trouble admitting mistakes. Yeah, that's me. Okay. Movers and shakers. They make the best politicians. Anna, please run for president. I would so vote for you right now. Oh, man. Please, please. Freudian Sips 2020. (laughs) Just vote us. We'll we'll switch off being president and VP. I'll be be the VP. No, we'll switch off. You'll be the president. You're younger, so you'll... You know, live a long time. Sure. Okay. I don't, well, that's not how term limits work, but okay. <laughs> well, we're going to like be reelected like 12 times. We'll change the rule for Oh, us. cool. Yeah, that's not fascism at all. <laughs> the last one is my favorite. Well-respected, sometimes feared by others. That's me, baby. <laughs> Here comes Anna. Oh, that's shit. me. Everyone <laughs> just stand aside. Wakes in their freaking boots when I come in. So the positive traits of a triangle include being a leader, Focused, decisive, ambitious, competitive, athletic. Oh, that's not me. <laughs> What's well, just the last one? Uh oh. Are you ready for the negative ones? Oh, absolutely. All right. Might be a little painful. Talk about resonate. This one I don't think is true at all. Self centered. Oh, I would hope that's not. I'm not true. sure what this one means. Overloaded. <laughs> just in general, because yeah, because you're loaded a lot. No, well, <laughs> overloaded like overwhelmed because yeah, <laughs> overloaded. I think. Like, I think like I means doing too a much, lot. Yeah, I put too much on myself. Maybe. Dogmatic. I don't think that's you at all. That's more me than you. What is that? Believing in dogma. Like oh. being very strict about. No, it's not me. Status oriented. I don't think that's you at all. No. Political. I don't think that's you. Well, lately you've been Right now, yeah. And then the last one is driven. And I do think you're driven. I think I'm driven. Um, I think I the parts that are like ambitious and to the top. I mean, I don't think I'm like to the top like climb the ladder, but I do think I want to be successful and I have like goals, but I think everyone has some goals, right? I think so. Well, if you don't, then you don't really go anywhere, right? So that's, okay, so I'm getting, and this is something that we do need to talk about if we're talking about personality tests, is that... Many personality tests are written as such that you can vibe with every result if you give it a chance. Right. You could talk yourself into it. Yes. Yeah. It's kind of like when I read my horoscope. Right. Oh. It's like, sure. Yeah, that totally. happened to me. Yeah. Can't um he, this is interesting. So these these are personal habits of some triangles. You ready? Okay. Early arriver. I've gotten more like that as I've gotten older. I like this one. A good scooper of situations. Like cat poop? <laughs> Fidgety. I guess. But that's because I have anxiety. Powerful handshake. Right now you can't handshake anybody. Hands, so COVID. Oh, this is addiction behavior. Okay. Game player. I don't think that's you at all. Like, In, like video games? Like, <laughs> I don't think I that's like what that means. I like video games. <laughs> Monopoly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, informed, I would say that's you. Good problem solver, that's definitely you. Okay. Prefers small groups yes, rather than like 5,000 people. Yeah. Okay, this is interesting though. Stressful shapes for a triangle would include squiggles, rectangles, 
which I told you when I was looking at it was your father was a rectangle. And circles, which is you, is me. That's okay. Wait, <laughs> stressful also, shapes is three of the other four. Yeah, like you don't get along God, with anybody. Man. <laughs> if, you're, if you're not a square, get out of my face. I guess other triangles, but that doesn't make sense because if you're like, like super competitive and driven, other triangles would probably clash with you, right? I would think so because you'd both want to be on the top, right? So if you're going to work with Anna, if you're going to work with a triangle... Stay out of my freaking way! (laughs) These are the suggestions they give you. That conflict will be dealt with using direct confrontation. So get back because Anna will have no mamby-pamby situation. (laughs) No talking about feelings in this counseling office. Sometimes they prefer being a coach rather than a team player. They prefer having several options from which to choose... That's not really I don't you, like is that. It? <laughs> Timing is very important when you approach them. Uh, I don't think that's important either with what? you. When you're talking to a triangle, you should maintain your own emotional control because triangles get pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> they get pissed off when you get emotional with them. So I have no idea how Anna has put up with me all this. <laughs> no one better cry in my mother freaking counseling office. I will get yeah. so mad. I don't really think you're a triangle. Yet. I don't think I'm a triangle. You're like a little bit of a triangle. So I guess that's my question. If uh, Dr. Shapes comes in and does a... Dr. Susan Shapes? Dr. Susan Shapes. <laughs> uh, well, it's like other things that we've talked about. It's like a spectrum. Because when I took the test that you... I had to pay my heavy... <laughs> <laughs> Part of the cult. You had to pay your cult my, dues. My cult dues. They give you scores... Like for each of the shapes. Like numbered scores. And then it's like, well, but so for me, my biggest score was a circle and it was huge. It was twice as much as the next one. Right. My second one was a a square or a box. I didn't score any points at all as a rectangle, but I did that my triangle and squiggle tied each other. It basically means that you have, it kind of goes back to what Anna said. We have traits in all the shapes. Right. And that's basically what it said. Yeah, because when you're reading the triangle, I mean, I I resonate with maybe like a third of it. Right, right. So I guess that my my question is, okay, so Dr. Susan Shapes comes in and she says, pick... (laughs) Pick a shape that represents you. And I pick triangle because Maslow or food pyramid (laughs) or the tip of an arrow or whatever. Mm -hmm. Then like later after she explains them, can I be like, can I pick another shape? (laughs) I don't want to be that. I don't want to be triangle. (laughs) I start Uh, crying and they're like, triangles don't cry. (laughs) I have a feeling that if you actually went to like a seminar or something, they would have you... Actually, years ago, when I worked as a teacher, we took this test, and it was like a written test, and it had like 25 questions on it. And then we all scored to find out what shape we were. Right. Because it See, was that. That, it, that was big. That, yeah. It was big for a while yeah. to take that. And then we all talked about how we were the same or how we were different. Mm-hmm. And so there are actual tests out there instead of just looking at the shape and deciding which shape. And I shape. have to say, if I was drawing them, I'd probably pick a curved shape. Mm-hmm. But if I'm just looking at them, sharp geometric points are more appealing to me. Another way that they said you can kind of evaluate yourself is if you doodle, if you're a doodler, to kind of look at what kind of doodles. If you doodle like round edges or if you doodle like sharp. Yeah. You know, then you you tend toward the either the triangle or the square or the rectangle if you draw well, the sharp edges. I mean, God, talking about art therapy, like there are days where I draw very differently than other days. Like there are days where if I'm drawing like a person, I, I draw very like sharp 
like outline it very sharply and then mm-hmm. there are some where it's much more fluid so sure. it's gonna depend on the day too so right now i'm just feeling ambitious and like everyone should get out of my face i guess <laughs> well that's really true too that we all differ on different days yeah yeah so I'm going to tell you a little bit about a circle. I'm actually going to tell you just a little about each of them, but okay. I'm going to tell you a little bit more about the circle because I do think you're more of a circle. Okay, and you're a circle. And I know that I'm a circle. And counselors are usually circles, by the way. Fair enough. Caregiver kind of uh, nurses, doctors, counselors, teachers. We are strong in our circle force. <laughs> our circle force is strong we with us. We are strong in our circle So force. I'm just going to read them real quick. Uh, So the circle's characteristics, we really care about other people, about all people. We'll do whatever it takes to make our coworkers, friends, and family happy. We smooth the waters and keep the peace. We're interested in interpersonal relationships, and we can read other people well. We are the best communicators and listeners to all shapes. So we are are not prejudiced against any shape. (laughs) We are weak business managers. (laughs) I would agree with that. I had a karate business for many years and I was a really good teacher, but the business end of it was not my thing. We kind of avoid making unpopular decisions because we want to keep people happy. This is not really me. We don't care who has control. (laughs) That's not you. And we are often taken advantage of by more dominant personalities. Like triangles? Yeah, those damn triangles come pointed in. Point, point, point. Come and poke you. <laughs> we are excellent people problem solvers. People problem solvers. <laughs> Is that that song? <laughs> Purple people leaders? Okay, here's our positive traits. If you're a circle person, we're friendly. We're nurturing. <laughs> we're we're golden persuasive. <laughs> we're empathetic. Generous, stabilizing, reflective. I claim all of those. However, the negative traits. (coughs) Are you going to claim those? Overpersonal. I can kind of claim that sometimes. Like oversharing? Yeah, kind of. Sure. I mean, I do with you, but I don't think I, I do don't with think the general over public. I think that's oversharing if it's like mother and daughter. I do like on the podcast, but you know, that's only like could be heard by anybody in the <laughs> it's world. Just, you, you, I always tell you you're just talking to me and then I put it on the internet. <laughs> Every time a new podcast comes out, mom's like, you told me we're going to put this one up. Okay, these are some pretty mean things here. This this hurts me. This hurts me a lot to say these. I'm just going to read them and try not to cry. Okay. Overpersonal melancholy, manipulative, gossipy. Uh, that's, I don't know. The, a lot of those are just two sides of the coin of the positive. Because if you're persuasive, you can be manipulative. Right. It's just using your powers for good and not evil. <laughs> Self-blaming. Sure. I, I embrace that one. Indecisive. I, I don't, I don't, I don't really know. T- I don't know. I make, then, am I indecisive? I don't know. I can't. <laughs> and then apolitical, which I don't even really get what that means. Apolitical. It just means you're not political. Which is the opposite of the triangle. Because that is political. Yeah, political. I'm so political. <laughs> so as far as personal habits, we like face-to-face communications, which is why the pandemic is so darn hard on us. <laughs> Often in charge of social events, which is not really true of me, but old-fashioned and sentimental is kind of me. Complimentary. We've talked about how much we both love just giving a random stranger a yeah. compliment. That's like one of my favorite things to do. Yeah. Just to have somebody it feel good about. It costs you nothing and it brightens someone's yeah. day. Artistic. <laughs> Loves to fix things. I thought that was interesting. You're very handy. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm fixing the garage as we speak. Yes. <laughs> While we're recording this. <laughs> so the most stressful shapes for me as a circle, or you as a circle, if you are a circle, <laughs> I'm are triangle. triangles. Uh, <laughs> that's it. Full stop. No one else. 
So yeah, that's a problem. Wait, we really? That's problem. all it? Yep. <laughs> Triangles piss us off. <laughs> Yikes. <No>. <laughs> Conflict distresses circles a great deal. And I would agree with that. When somebody's <laughs> mad at me, I like come apart. I'm just like, please just, don't be mad at I'm me. I'm just picturing a circle with little rosy cheeks and a little smile. <laughs> a little happy face. That's because that's, that's, that's what, what they are. Not, yeah. So if you're working with a circle, one of the things that would be helpful, so these are the things that like, well, the, to know that they don't like conflict, but also to let them know it's okay to disagree. So if they disagree with you, it's you say to them, it's okay if you don't okay. agree with me. It's, it's right. okay, shh, little circle. It's okay, little circle. Don't, don't squish. cry, little don't circle. Squish. <laughs> Circles can be very persuasive, so be careful. Be careful. Because <laughs> if they're crying, they're manipulating you. <laughs> so, Sipsters, I hope you're picking a shape from what, the, what we're talking about. Let me very briefly look at the other ones. A box is a hard worker. This was my second ranked. Hard worker, which I embrace. Yeah. Hard worker and determined to get the job done. It's the most structured of all shapes. <laughs> so like if you're a triangle, you're, you're like ambitious and driven, but you're like, I'm going to I'm gonna wing it. <laughs> <laughs> no, they go get a box and go do that right now. The they stand like, on it. Yes, sir. And then your house. <laughs> <laughs> that was a really good one. It took a minute for me to like my brain to picture it. Say it again. <laughs> Yeah, there's a box doing your job and you stand on it because you want to get it at the top and then your house get it get it because <laughs> i'm telling you some of our sisters are like what are they laughing about it's a box, it's a box and then you draw a triangle, triangle on, on the top, top of it it's a house <gasps> anna you you're so intellectual sometimes i have to explain your jokes okay but a box is organized and detail oriented i i embrace a lot of these things yeah analytical knowledgeable persevering perfectionistic <laughs> patient how does that fit with perfectionistic but that's one of the traits well I get, you have to be patient if you're trying to make everything perfect and then the negative traits of a box or a square is what i prefer to call it yeah is meticulous anal retentive here's to you freud that's just another that's word a salute for to freud per- perfectionistic yes it is procrastinating cool and aloof I have a theory that procrastination is a natural byproduct of perfectionism. I know you've shared that theory with me, and I think it's very insightful because... Because if you want things to be perfect, you're going to say, if I can't do it perfectly, I am I shouldn't do it, so you put it off forever. Mm. So That's my theory, folks. Thanks for coming. I think coming. you should like write a paper on that. Get your doctorate. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, never I mind. Don't want to do that. <laughs> then just write an article. I sent it to I Reader's Digest. I thought about grad school today. I almost had a panic attack <laughs> just thinking about grad school. I can relate to that. Okay, squares or boxes are often loners, which is not me, and they complain a lot. Eh, maybe that's me. <laughs> no one wants to be around them because they're complaining all the time. So if you work with the box, try to avoid chaos because that square. pisses them off. Box seems dirtier. or something. You know what? This is bad. Boxes, stressful shapes for a box, <laughs> for a square. Oh, my God. <laughs> Squiggles, circles, rectangles, and triangles. Oh, no. Oh. Everybody gives oh, them buddy. anxiety. <laughs> no wonder they're loners. They're like, everybody just stay away like, from oh, me. Oh, God, please all. don't talk to me. Oh, God, oh, God, please don't talk to me. I'm a box. I'm a box. Leave me alone. <laughs> I'm a box. I want to stay in my box. 
Okay, so we already went over some of the triangles things, quite a bit of them, because that was what Anna felt that she was being called to be. <laughs> it's me. Yep. Let's do so a rectangle, because this is the one that I got zero on. Yeah, that's interesting. And I think it might be your dad, in case your dad is listening to our podcast today. Doubt it. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Would be anyway. <laughs> hey, Dad, if you're listening, can you give me some money? Like, <laughs> some of that back child support, can you, like, send it my way? Ooh, that was really... <laughs> true <laughs> i was spot on okay i'm a, I'm a triangle i need a brace and i need a good point to me a rectangle is kind of like sometimes like we go through stages of being a rectangle it's a but square we grow but out of it it's a screwed up box <laughs> it's a screwed up box <laughs> so rectangle symbolizes change in a state of flux and so if you are truly a rectangle it's like you're always in a state of flux that sounds tiring dissatisfied with their personal and their professional life they're unsure of themselves at least for a time being which is why you could be a rectangle and then turn into something else unpredictable may appear to be a different person every day Hmm. and again like okay so we've talked negatively about my father on the podcast before so i don't want it to be like if you're a rectangle you're a bad person no 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 because a lot of these things can be very good i mean if you're adaptable in social situations that can be a very good trait so again it's using your qualities for good not evil exactly and this one is it could be very positive in a period of growth change learning and searching yeah yeah. So I, I would think especially maybe if you're a person who's in school right now or if you're going through a career change or yeah. even with the pandemic stuff right now, you might relate to being a rectangle because you feel like everything's changing right. and nothing's You could same. be in a state of flux and it might not be your choice. Right. And here's another positive. Open to new ideas and new people. There you go. So the positive traits of a rectangle, there are positive traits. Open-minded, exciting, searching, inquisitive, growing, and courageous. There you go. And the negative traits are... Confused, low self-esteem, inconsistent, gullible, ingenuine, unpredictable. Okay. So the only thing that a rectangle can get along with is a circle. The triangles and the squiggles and the boxes, they give them stress. It's so stressful. (laughs) Honestly, as you read this, it's kind of like nobody really gets along along with with anyone. Because that's like, I mean, if you if you don't get along, like triangles didn't get along with three shapes. Right. That's 60% of the population. That's a lot of people. That is a lot. Boxes don't get along with damn near anybody. <laughs> they don't get along with anybody. Oh Except I guess God. other boxes. It didn't say boxes. I guess. But that's because they don't talk to each other. They just stay yeah. away. Well, I haven't, for the ones that you've said, at least, none of them dislike the same shape. Themselves. Yeah, yeah. that's true. But that doesn't make sense. Well, but again, that's what it says. Again, I, yeah. I say like triangles, my soul shape. Yes, well, <laughs> soul shape. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, I can't imagine two triangles like meshing. No, I agree. So maybe they just don't list the, yeah, the could be. same. Okay, real quick, um, and then I'll I'll shut up and let you talk. Squiggles, which I always kind of wanted to be a squiggle. <laughs> this is interesting, though. It's symbolic shape. of a male sperm. Cool. That goes in the box. Those who choose it <laughs> often found sexually attractive by others. Okay. The sexy people. Because it's got the curves, baby. The sexy squiggles. <laughs> like, dang, that's, that squiggle's thick. <laughs> um, it's also a symbol of creativity. So very creative people might choose a squiggle. And as Anna said, if you're taking a quiz that shows a zigzag, that's a very different feeling than yeah, a squiggle. Dude. Totally different vibe. Right. But Dr. Susan Shapes Lady. Dr. Um, Susan Shapes. <laughs> she meant it to be a squiggle. When she designed it. A curvy curvy squiggle. A curvy squiggle, yes. So this is weird. It doesn't have... 
<laughs> Mom was so meticulous about laying her papers out. I know, out it was very... perfect. And now it's like messed up. <laughs> what'd you, what'd you, what it doesn't you have like the other ones listed positive traits and negative traits. It doesn't for this one. It talks about its characteristics and personal habits. But That's weird. A squiggle is a fast mover and um, they tend to lose things and daydream a lot. They seek stimulation and enjoy new people and new situations. And they might be kind of a rebel, but the life of the party. And they'll just talk to and anybody. sexy. So hot. The sexy the and the life of the party. They're excitable and they get energized by change. So yeah, I'm not a squiggle. <laughs> now that I'm reading this, yeah, I'm not a squiggle. I want to be a squiggle, yeah. but I'm not. Disdains highly structured things. So that's definitely not me because, you know, I'm like, do it according to the directions. Follow the rules. <laughs> yeah. So um, squiggles chaotic. If you if you're chaotic, you got squiggle energy. Right, right. So the whole idea, too, that Dr. Susan Shapes says <laughs> is that it, it could actually, well, you have, like Anna said, your soul shape. But according to the day, you might feel more towards some of the other shapes. Yeah. But ideally, the reason that she designed this was to be able to help people to work with one another more easily so that they would know themselves and therefore know how they're going to react to people, but also to look at the, their colleagues and say, you know, so-and-so down in accounting, you know, they're really a square. Oh, uh, they're you, such a yeah. squiggle. <laughs> Sexy, but I can't stand them. Like, <laughs> cannot. Exactly. Okay, so that's the psychogeometric. Awesome. Before we move on to mine, can we take a quick break? Let's take a break. All right. We'll be back after these quick messages. And we're back. <laughs> I never know how to start it when we come back from our break. <laughs> it's like that jump rope thing where you're waiting. Know, that, was you're waiting not, that jump rope waiting. just hit me in the face. <laughs> okay. So mom just told us about psychogeometry. 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 <laughs> and I am going to tell you about the Enneagram test. Which that may sound slightly familiar because I've actually had a lot of clients mention it to me lately. So I don't know if it's had like kind of a resurgence or a mm. comeback or something. I don't know if it ever left. But yeah, I've had at least two or three clients talk about how they... Probably out there in social media somewhere that someone... Uh, yeah, I think someone... Rebooted was, it. Yeah, mentioned that they saw it on Instagram and they followed like a Instagram account for their type. So I know that was popular with MBTI for a while that there's like different accounts for like different types yeah it was everywhere MTI, yeah. yeah so i think that's happening with enneagram right now so again if you want to take the enneagram test yes the one that i took i just searched enneagram test and the first one that popped up was truity i think it's called and it's kind of the same thing as mom was saying that if you want the more in-depth answer then you need to pay money but it will give you your type like there's there's nine types and it'll give you your type once you have your type you can find a bunch of free information mm. so don't again don't pay money <laughs> <laughs> unless you're like me and you just feel like you need to pay someone sometimes well and there's other there's different types of well okay so let me explain what it is first the enneagram the word enneagram comes from the greek words ennea which means nine and gramos which means a written or drawn symbol so it's a symbol with nine points and like that would suggest it's got the numbers like in a kind of it's kind of a clock shape but there's only nine numbers and 
I'm gonna try to describe this, it's gonna be rough. So, okay, so you're looking at this circle and around the outside of the circle, there's the numbers. At like the 12 o'clock mm-hmm. is nine. And mm-hmm. then clockwise from that, it goes one, two, okay. all the way up okay. to eight in kind of the like 11 place. And you explained that very well. Thank you. Gozab. But that's not all. Oh, no. <laughs> There's lines going from the different numbers. So like nine, six, and three are joined by like a triangle shape. Okay. Maybe that's how I was drawn to the triangle. <gasps> but it's a circle, so I don't know. And then there's different, like, each number except for 9, 6, and 3 has two lines coming off of it that go to other numbers. Got it. I will mention which numbers. It's very, there's a lot of variables in this test. Uh This is much more complicated than yours. Yeah, and and you talked to me about how it's more complicated, so you're just going to kind of skim over the top of it. I'm going to try to condense. Yeah, this is going to be a real... Overview. uh, Yeah, if you think this is interesting, what I'm going to talk about, then I suggest you go take the test and you read more about your type because there's I mean like there's pages and pages for each different type um so yeah if, if this seems like something that would resonate with you then go go check it out go get more information okay so that's the symbol that's what it actually looks like and the Enneagram test itself seems to be really old <laughs> from what I could find it's kind of up for debate as to where it actually starts or where it started and As I say, every episode, different sources have different things, especially about the origins of the test. Uh, Some people assume that it had roots in Babylon around 4,500 years ago. Wow. And others place the origin more in classical Greek philosophy, which is also, I mean, 2,500 years ago. So still like a long time. Mm -hmm. It's been attributed to a lot of religious stuff and mysticism. So like Jewish Kabbalah, Christian mysticism, uh, Sufism, which is a kind of Islamic mysticism. So it's, it's very much in that circle as well. But I think it's moved into more the psychological sphere. This is interesting. I read that Dante, like Dante Alighieri, Mm -hmm. was very familiar with the Enneagram since the characters in the Divine Comedy correspond to the Enneagram types. Oh. I think that's kind of cool. I think that's what was ringing a bell in my brain. You've heard that part? Uh, I've heard that before, and Gideon's playing the piano for us. Gideon, play us in, bud. So after that, I I do think the origins are probably in there. I don't think it looked at all like the symbol that I just described, but Mm -hmm. it's from like a Greek word, so it has to have some roots there. It was first brought to the public in 1915 in Moscow by, oh, I am not going to say this word right, George Gurdjieff. We just call him George. G-U-R-D-J-I-E-F-F. Wow. Gurdjieff. Gurdjieff. Um, He was a philosopher and teacher, and he used it in basically a program of human development. And he was actually credited with coining the term Enneagram and making the Enneagram figure, although it's slightly different than the current one that we know and love, the one that I just described. Then the late 1960s, Oscar Ichazo, the founder of the Erica School, A-R-I-C-A, placed the nine types of the personality on the Enneagram. So that's the figure that I described. And then shortly after that, Claudio Naranjo, MD, and other psychologists uh, at Berkeley combined the Enneagram with modern psychology developments and kind of took off from there. So the movement that I'm talking about where like there's Instagram accounts with like different types (laughs) and stuff, that's from that version of the Enneagram, the the current, the 1970s version. So, okay. (laughs) 
There's nine types, like I said, but let's break it down into three sections of types. Okay. So there's three sections, the head, the heart, and the body. So these are called like your centers. So there's the emotional center, and this is using the heart for positive and negative feelings, having empathy and concern for others, focused on romance and devotion. And it says it's located in the area of the chest and diaphragm. So that's kind of, hmm. well, some of this is kind of wee-woo. Um, (laughs) So the emotional center types are two, three, and four. And then there's the intellectual center, which uses the mind for language, for rational thinking, ideas and images, plans and strategies. Obviously, that's located in the head. And the types for that are five, six, and seven. Five, six, and seven are head. Okay. (laughs) If you hear weird noises, it's a cat purring. (laughs) It's not one of us having respiratory issues. (laughs) That was like a direct hit. That's a good one. And then there's the instinctual center, which is the body. So it's more about movement and sensational awareness and gut level knowing. So that's instinct. So those types are eight, nine, and one. I don't know why they couldn't make it one, two, three, four, five, six, I was going to say, wouldn't it be easier? But okay. Whatever. I didn't make it. (laughs) Okay. So let's talk about the actual types. And honestly, I don't know how to make this like a top level overview. So I'm, it's going to feel very top level. I mean, it's not going to feel very in depth just because like I said, there's so much and there's Mm -hmm. nine types and there's still more after that. So, so let you tell me what types. types you were. Did you test? Yes. I took it and I was type two, which is the helper. Ah. And before this, I mean, you took it and you were also the helper. Uh, two. So that, okay, I did want to mention that too, that when you take the tests, like, I've so far found two different types of test, which is very strange. The one I took was like a Likert scale where they gave you a statement and then you have to go from like strongly disagree to strongly agree or like that's like me or that's not like me or whatever. Mm -hmm. But the one I made you take was a forced choice test, which is each question quote unquote is two statements and you have to pick the one that's more like you that's interesting and then we but we both came out with the same number that's interesting yeah which when i read the types that was the one i assumed you were yeah so it fits but but that's the psychogeometric we talked about that there you can go online and there are a couple of different right ways to take the test right so each type like i said there's nine has kind of the name and that's the the characteristic role And then each type has an ego fixation, which is something that the type fixates on. They also have a basic fear and a basic desire. They have a temptation. They have a vice. They have a virtue. Wow. Yeah, there's a lot. (laughs) There's a lot. So I will try to give just a very brief overview of those. So type one is the reformer. Um, This is a rational, idealistic type. They're principled, they're purposeful, they are self-controlled, and they're often perfectionistic. Their ego fixation is resentment. Their basic fear is corruptness and being bad. Their Mm. basic desire is for balance and goodness. Their vice is anger. Their virtue is serenity. Type two is the helper, like I said. So this is caring and interpersonal. We're often demonstrative and generous, but also people-pleasing and possessive. Mm. Um, so it's kind of, again, it's kind of that like... Positive, negative. Yeah, it can, it's kind of the two sides of the same coin. Right, right. Our ego fixation is flattery. The basic fear is being unloved. The basic desire is to feel love. <laughs> uh, that makes sense. That makes sense. The vice is pride. The virtue is humility. 
Type three is the achiever. So that's success-oriented and pragmatic. Achievers are often very good at adapting. They excel, they're driven, um, and they can also be image conscious. And the fixation there is vanity, which leads to a fear of worthlessness and a desire to feel valuable, to have worth, you might say. Yeah. So again, a lot of these are just going to, yeah, Yeah. it it, it tracks. It's just a lot to kind of... It can feel very overwhelming. So that's why, if, like I said, if this does seem interesting to you, just go get your type and mm-hmm. focus on that. And then if the other types are interesting to you, like once you're familiar with your own type, it's easier to look at the others. And- but as, as you're reading them, it's kind of like what you said when we were doing the shapes thing. You can go, oh, well, I'm well, kind of sure. like that sometimes. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm kind of like that sometimes. So it's that same idea, that same feeling that we get with right. all those personality tests. Yeah, I don't think you're probably going to get a good idea of what type you are unless you take a test. Right. Like it's just way more in-depth than the it's not just pick, one. Yeah, it's not just pick what you feel like as right. you. Right. Yeah. The vice for type three, so the achiever type is deceit and the virtue is authenticity. Type four is the individualist. The individualist is sensitive and withdrawn, so like a suffering oh, artist or yes. something. Uh, so they're very expressive. They're very dramatic. They're often self-absorbed. They can be temperamental. I don't know. A lot of those sound more negative than the other ones. That's kind of mean. <laughs> but- well, it's funny because I was thinking of your dad again. <laughs> Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> but that, like Anna said in the other test, you know, if you're that type, there are positives in there too. Right. Uh, the ego fixation for type four is melancholy, which is fantasizing. The basic fear is having no identity or significance. So then the basic desire is to be uniquely themselves. Uh, the vice is envy and the virtue is equanimity, hmm. which is emotional balance. Type five is the investigator. The investigator is intense and cerebral. The investigator (laughs) investigates. No, I don't. (laughs) You don't actually have to be an investigator to be the investigator. But they're like perceptive and they're they're innovative, but they're also secretive and isolated. I kind of picture the Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, that's exactly what I was picturing. Yeah. So the ego fixation is stinginess or retention. Mm. The basic fear is helplessness or incompetence, which tracks. The basic desire is mastery or understanding. The vice is avarice. Is that greed? Avarice? The virtue is non-attachment, which doesn't sound like a virtue. <laughs> but it could be. It could, to <laughs> it me, it doesn't. Not, like not, not holding on to goods. Right. But, but I know what you mean because we're, we're used to the Cause, whole. Because we're twos. Yeah, (laughs) we're attachable. (laughs) We're so, we're like Legos. We're like an attachment. (laughs) Type six is the loyalist. And just like it sounds like, that is committed and security oriented. Loyalists are often engaging and responsible, but they can also be anxious and suspicious, which I think kind of comes with being very committed and loyal sometimes. It's just, again, goes too far that that one way. Uh, loyalist's ego fixation is cowardice. Basic fear is being without support or guidance. And the basic desire is to have support or guidance. <laughs> wow, this chart is amazing. <laughs> the vice is fear. The virtue is courage. Type seven is the enthusiast. This is busy and fun loving. They're often spontaneous. Mom's doing an enthusiastic dancing. It's a squiggle. Sexy, so sexy. The hottest type. <laughs> I can't get over how that is part of the squiggle description. (laughs) 
People think that's, you're sexy. That's my People favorite think thing. You're sexy. That's my favorite thing. <laughs> um, the enthusiast is often spontaneous and versatile, but they can also be kind of scattered and distracted. It is because the they're too busy having fun, baby. That's right. Can't be tied it down. Can't be this sexy. And, can't be and this be sexy. Focus. Focus. <laughs> what do you want from me? Can't have everything. Their ego fixation is planning. Their basic fear is being trapped or deprived. And their basic desire is to be satisfied and content. Which is interesting with like a busy, fun-loving person. Is that just like you're seeking that in a lot of different Looking ways? Looking for satisfaction, yeah. yeah. Looking for love in all the wrong places. This one makes sense. Their vice is gluttony. Uh-huh. And their virtue is sobriety. Uh, which. That- doesn't necessarily mean like sobriety from alcohol sobriety just means like not being gluttonous right like moderation moderation that's a good word type eight is the challenger so this is powerful and dominating so again i remind you that like so type one was a body type and then type eight and nine are also body types so i know that's kind of a, a definite vibe shift from like five six seven which are intellectual centers Oh, okay. Two, and three, two. four are the emotional centers. Five, six, seven. So like investigator is head and and, and loyalist and enthusiast. So, so are like mine, you said before, why did they put one over here and then they I don't freaking know me? That was weird. It's weird. So so now we're back to the body types because to me like the enthusiast, which is like busy and fun loving, is very different than the challenger who is powerful and dominating. Right. So the challenger is self-confident, they are decisive, they are uh, very willful, and they can be confrontational. Um, hmm. So their ego fixation is vengeance, which, Ouch. Is, which is rad. <laughs> um, their basic fear is being controlled or violated, and their basic desire is self-protection. Their vice is lust, and their virtue is innocence. And then finally, nine is the peacemaker. The peacemaker is easygoing and often self-effacing. They are uh, receptive and agreeable to different things, and they're very reassuring. But that also means that they can be complacent, kind of a, I feel like they could be taken advantage of. I'm like sitting here putting people in these in these Typing categories. Them. Yeah. Uh, their ego fixation is indolence, which is daydreaming. Never heard that word. I've never heard that word before. Uh, Word of the day. Yeah, you learned a new word here on Freudian (laughs) Six. Uh, And now the word of the day. The basic fear is loss or separation, and the basic desire is uh, peace of mind or wholeness. So their vice can be sloth or disengagement, and then their virtue is action. So that's a lot, right? But wait, there's more. There's more. (laughs) So not only do we have the nine types, which are separated into three sections, Mm -hmm. there's also a concept in the Enneagram called wings. So you have your type. So like I'm type two. The wings of my type are the types adjacent to mine on the diagram. Is that the lines? No. No. Okay. The the lines are different. I know. Okay. (laughs) I know. The wings. The numbers adjacent to you on the circle. Yeah. So I'm type two. So my wings would be types one and three. And actually when I took my test and you did the same thing when you took yours, your top type was two. And then the two types after it were three and one. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, that's interesting. Okay. Um, So, so yeah, that was how it, I I think that's just because they're built to be adjacent. And so is that kind of like that you have some of those traits? Is that what that means? Yeah. Or does it mean you get along with those people? No, the basic idea is that people aren't a 
pure one of the nine personality okay, so types. It's, it's a spectrum thing again. Sorta, of, yeah. It's they're mostly one of the nine types. You, like mm-hmm. the type that you get is your your main personality type, but either one or two of the wings is your wingman. <laughs> and they like, it's kind of like acts as a second side of your personality. It doesn't change your core type. Like your core type is going to be the same, but it can adjust it and kind of give either complementary or sometimes contradictory mm. parts of self. So just real quick, tell me what one and three are again. So type one is the reformer who is principled and purposeful okay. and self-controlled. Yeah. And type three is the achiever who is pragmatic and, and driven. Wow, that's really interesting. Isn't it cool? That is amazing how accurate that is. <laughs> okay. Oh, and it's about to get even more complicated. <laughs> okay, everyone. You have your second cup of coffee yet? Okay, you're going to need it. I'm going to take another Or your third shot. Or your fourth shot. Maybe it's either going to make more sense or less sense. (laughs) Okay. So the lines. These are called connecting lines. So like I I said. I like the title. (laughs) Simple. We know what they are. When I was describing the symbol, so I mentioned the lines between the numbers. Mm -hmm. um, Those are very important in the grand scheme of the Enneagram. Uh, The Enneagram theorists call these stress and security points or integration and disintegration. Ruh-roh. Yeah. Disintegration is never good. (laughs) So the... I hate when I disintegrate. The basic idea, as far as I can tell... (laughs) I like how she says the basic idea and she's making this symbol with her fingers like... I'm trying to zen myself for this because I don't know if I'm going to describe it right. I'm trying to like find my zen. The basic idea is... So you have your, your core type and your stress type is what you go toward when you're in your worst moments. Ooh. You go toward, you, you act more like that type. Okay. And then in your kind of actualized moments, you go, go toward to your one. security type. Okay. So let's take um, mine and yours, for okay. example, type two. So on the Enneagram, type two has lines connecting eight and four. Okay. So the stress type for two is eight, which is the challenger. So when you're str- when I'm stressed, <gasps> oh my god, that's so good. It's getting chills, right? That is so good. So because when you were reading that, when I was like, shit, sometimes I do that. Yes, exactly, right. But so, you don't want to admit it. Cause- but it's more, it's more like the negative parts of that. You're going to go toward that, right? Right. Because that's what I was. Th- it was the negative parts that were striking me about eight. Right. I can't remember now what it was, but I remember thinking, oh. confrontational <sighs> and and uh, willful. Oh. And I could, dude. I mean that resonates with me when I'm when I'm stressed I will call a bitch out yeah, I will yeah. I will uh, I will not be kind if I'm confronting someone mm-hmm. and I'm in a bad place so yeah that that resonates with me mm-hmm. uh, but then the integration type so kind of when we're when feeling your more best. secure and yeah. more actualized we go toward four which is the individualist which is uh, sensitive and withdrawn and expressive the quiet artist person is yeah that four? yeah the kind of soft-hearted artist oh, yeah right fluffy and sensitive and yeah. And more, I mean, to me, that that means like more in tune with my with my emotions and my. I wish they could see your hands, Anna, because there's so much going on with your hands. I'm just vibing with my hands. <laughs> wow, this thing is kind of creepy accurate. <laughs> it's really I'm like, cool. Cr- I'm gonna I'm gonna look into this it's more. It's really cool, sisters. Maybe you're feeling the same way yeah, that you're gonna yeah. look more into this after this. Podcast. I I definitely encourage that. There's, <laughs> I'm not even done. I'm not even done. There's more. <laughs> 
Okay, so. Ooh, I thought that was going to be a real loud one. I'm real burpy today. I'm sorry. It's the orange juice. It might be. We're having um, fuzzy navels today in honor of my mother. Because when you hear this, it will be just a couple days before Mama's birthday. Mm. The day that my mom is going to get her first tattoo, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of those things that you just put out there on the internet for everybody to know. I cut it out. Do you, do you want them to not know? No. I'm excited about it. Sorry, back to our We're regular excited. programming. Right. So if we take like your core personality, the wings of your personality, and the connecting lines, your personality isn't just one type. It's like four or five points working together. But wait, <laughs> there's more. There's more. Oh my God. There's subtypes. So basically within us, there are three major instinctual drives, like I kind of mentioned, but like this is similar to the three sections of types, but it's we each have all of those types in us, and one of them works more. Holy crap. It's basically like we're all of them. We're all of Kinda. them at some point in time. <laughs> so the three the three types are self-preservation, so the need to protect yourself. Sexual, which could also be one-to-one or intimacy. It doesn't necessarily have to be sexual. Basically connecting with others or like especially partners. And social, to get along with or succeed in groups. So you've got your Enneagram type. And then from that type, you have a subtype based on which of those instincts you tend to follow. Hmm. So there's not nine types. There's 27 types. (laughs) So type two, we'll just take that for example. And again, if you want more information on your specific type, go go check that out and and figure Mm -hmm. it out. Mm Because I'm not going to go over all the 27. That would be impossible. But let's take two for example again. So for two, if you go more toward the self-preservation instinct, so the need to protect yourself, you are the nurturer. If you go more towards social, you are the ambassador. And if you go more towards sexual, you are the lover. So when you take the test, does it show you which one of those um, or you just have to kind of self-identify? I think you have to self-identify. The one I searched didn't give a subtype thing, but when I looked further into that, I think there's a separate test. Like if you type, that helps you find the subtype. Uh, yeah. If you search Enneagram instinctual variance test, you can get one that specifically focuses on the Enneagram and wow. the variant. Holy cow. Okay. Yes. <laughs> it's a lot. So I like the, the term nurturer, and I'm kind of drawn to that term, but I think mm-hmm. I'm more the lover one. Mm. I would identify with the ambassador with more social mm-hmm. sphere. Okay. So... Again, I'm not going to go into those. It would take a thousand years. I'm also not going to go into, like, you can even look at how how one type relates to another type. So if you know your type and you know, like, your partner's type, right. you can seek out. That's kind of like the shape thing again, that you can yeah. figure out how to get along better with people or right. choose people that you would get along better with. Right. Like, I looked up relationship two and two. It says, as with all double-type relationships, two Enneagram 2s bring many of the same qualities to each other. Therein lies both a main source of the attraction as well as one of the main pitfalls of this pair. Yeah. Most of them focus on, like, uh, romantic partnerships. So it's kind of hard to, like... Do a friendship thing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But we just talked about... I've talked to a couple of people this week about this specific thing in couples counseling that a lot of times the thing that draws you to a person in, in a love relationship... In an intimate relationship, the characteristics that draw you to that person are the same things that later cause you to be very annoyed by them. Yes. Okay. So again, not going to go into all that because it would take a million years. The bottom line here is 
I know I keep making it more complicated, but most of the stuff out there actually just focuses on the main nine types. That's, I think, where most of the focus lies, especially in, like, the research and stuff. So if this is something that interests you, go check out an Enneagram test. Uh, Like I said, the one I used was Truity, and I found it literally just by searching Enneagram test. It was the first one. Mm -hmm. So if you want to look for a different one, if you you prefer the, like, forced choice instead of the Likert scale... I think I searched quick Enneagram test when I was giving you yours. So <laughs> so that gave me the the forced choice one. And of course, the Truity one gives you a free basic report and then makes you pay Buy money the rest of it. if you want to get yeah. in depth. But honestly, once you have your type, just look up like Enneagram type two and you can find tons of information about it. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I know it sounded complicated when I was saying it, but I gave the basic level of all the types. There's so much more. Like, after I found that I was type 2, I just searched, like I said, Enneagram type 2. I got this page that gave me the overview, qualities, examples of famous type 2s, motivations and fears and desires. It even had this section that was, like, healthy developmental levels of type 2s. Wow. Yeah, it's just, it's crazy how much information you can find. But I kind of, I don't know, I kind of equate this to the Myers-Briggs test just because it's like, it's kind of cool to think about and it's kind of cool to reflect on. And there is just a ton of information about it, like Mm -hmm. there is for the MBTI. But it's not an end-all be-all. It's just a self-awareness tool. Right. It's kind of like the shape thing. It's like, it's if you picked, like me, if you picked a triangle and you don't resonate with it, you don't have to be like, oh God, yeah, I'm yeah. a triangle. That's exactly right. <laughs> no matter what kind of personality test you take, you still don't get to let choose it. Who yeah, you get don't to be. don't let it define you or don't let it no. freak you out. Yeah, I think yeah. one of the coolest parts of taking personality tests is afterwards being like, okay, which parts of this do I resonate right. with, either good or bad? And the bad parts, is there anything I can do to change that? Right. So because ideally, that's what we should be doing every day is yeah. is is assessing ourselves and deciding what we like about ourselves and applauding that embracing that and then and yeah we should also sometimes think about the things we don't like so much and decide how we can change that or how we can cope with that or Or just be aware that that's how we are like i mean i think that's the cool part of those like i was talking about the stress and security types like when we were listening to those types and you were like Uh oh no sometimes Uh, i do that like that can be a good kind of self-regulation tool that's a good way to say it if you're feeling confrontational one day you can be like (laughs) Ooh, I'm really stressed. Ooh, like, my wing is kicking oh my, in. <laughs> no, that's the connection. Line. Oh, darn. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, right. Mom, okay, duh. I didn't get it right. It's a good thing we weren't taking an exam. <laughs> oh, my God. If I had to take an exam on this, I would just be like, no, thank you. No, no, Anna. So, yeah. Wow, if, that was if, really good, though. If that's interesting to you, which it's crazy interesting to me. So, uh-huh. yeah, go, go check out more of it. There's a ton of stuff. It's very cool. Okay. Well, wow. That's Whew. all she wrote, baby. So, Sipsters, how are you feeling about yourself? You know who you are now? <laughs> Figured it all out? Are you more self-aware? Are you validated? How you feeling? <laughs> we want you to feel appreciated because we are so glad that you joined us for our episode today, episode 70. And we do hope that you'll join us the next time that we get together. We would love to have you with us. And, and don't forget to get out there and give us those reviews. And Yes. Like we said, we are probably going to go bi-weekly. It's probably not going to be forever. It's just right now when we're both feeling a little overwhelmed. I don't think we put out as good a content. I feel that in myself. I don't feel like we, I put out. We're the kind of personality, speaking of personality tests, we would prefer to put out better content yeah. than do it more often. Right. So Quality we're gonna, over quantity. Right. So we're going to go bi-weekly for a little while and see yes. how that shakes out. So. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, we toyed with some ideas. We thought about maybe like taking a hiatus like a month or so, but I think it would just be better at this point if we did bi-weekly. So we're going to try that for a little while. Uh, if we get too stir crazy, we'll go back to uh, doing weekly or we'll, we'll keep you updated. Yeah. We'll tell you. And you let us know what you're thinking too if you if you have some suggestions or yeah. something. If we get enough tweets, they're like, please God, please no, <laughs> please don't go bi-weekly. <laughs> I can't live without we, you every week. We will reconsider. We're both twos, so we'll probably take care <laughs> Beg of Beg us. Beg. I'm a triangle. Beg me. I'm a circle. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. I'm going to cry. Right. Please don't be mad at me. <laughs> don't be confrontational. I'm going to get on top of you and be a weird looking house. <laughs> house in the round. House in the round. <laughs> a hobbit hole. <laughs> All right, tell them how they can get a hold of us, Anna. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We're Freudian Sips Pod on everything. Our site's FreudianSipsPod.com, where we put up our episodes and we put how to find us and everything. If you want to get a hold of us directly, if you want to beg us to go every week, <laughs> beg and plead, then you can email us at FreudianSipsPod at gmail.com. We're on Patreon. If you want to support the show, we're Freudian Sips Pod on there as well. And yeah, like Mom said, please remember to leave us a nice rating and review. That helps us feel self-actualized and like we know ourselves better. <laughs> Makes my circle very round. Makes my circle so <laughs> large. <laughs> so you can do that wherever you're listening. Um, <laughs> Apple, Podchaser, all of those good places. And our theme music is Sweeter Vermouth by Kevin McLeod. And it sounds like this. 